the stepdad would be like, oh, I'm your dad. I'm your real dad. Uh, your dad doesn't do anything for you. And like stuff like that. I'm more of a father to you. And that's total crap. Excuse my language. Girl, crap ain't a bad word. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 152 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. That's right. <laughs> this podcast has a disclaimer. There is mention of drug abuse and violent behavior. So do not let your little ones hear this. And if those are a trigger for you, don't listen to it either. All right. Before we get started, let's congratulate our guest today, the winner of this week's Linda Dunham Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship. (laughs) A Butcher. Woo! A Butcher. Congratulations, you get a free month of the Nacho Kids Academy, courtesy of Linda Dunham. All right, see you on the inside. Yeah. David, I had somebody ask me the other day why we do this. (laughs) Which part? All of it. Why we do it. You know, some people would say, oh, y'all do it for the money. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't think those people realize that you have to pay to host podcasts. You have to pay for this, pay for that, blah, blah, blah. Why do you do this? You know, what's our why? I know my why. Um, my, My why is because I want to do everything I can to help somebody avoid having to go through what we went through. And if it's not avoiding it, then it's getting through it faster, easier, and and come out the other side better. My why is because I know what we went through. I know other step families are struggling with things like we went through. And we found a way to make it work. And I feel like we have to share that. I feel like we're doing a disservice if we don't share that. Mm-hmm. And I do it because I want to help people. Our goal is to reduce the 72% failure rate for blended families. Yep. We're doing our part. Just for those that don't know, this is not easy for me. <laughs> no. Number one, I am extremely inter- introverted. Number two, I am extremely introverted. Number three, Since I am extremely introverted, I'm a very private person. So for the whole world to know what we went through and our story and for us to talk where these people can hear us every week, let's not forget the videos in the Academy and the other videos that I should be doing, but since I'm such an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not easy. It's taking me out of my comfort zone, but I do that because I want to help people. Yeah, you you do. And it's genuine. The other thing that I don't think many people realize is that 
when once you get past that, most people don't want to look back on that. And we are doing that over and over and over and over again. Every day. You know, I mean, we're basically digging up all the trash and dirt and hurts from our past every time we talk to somebody and coach somebody. And so uh, it, it takes a lot to to not start feeling some of those feelings again that you felt before. And, um, and the other two thing too, and some people may or may not know this, but we get a lot of hate mail, um, mm-hmm. which is, you would think, okay, if you're doing all you can to, to help people, people wouldn't hate on you, but they do. Um, Oh, and I'll get attacked in Facebook groups and all that happy stuff. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not sitting here saying that we're the only ones. I, I think, most people who are out there trying to do good in the world are getting attacked. But I'm sensitive, folks, <laughs> and it hurts my feelings. <laughs> I mean, we know other step family coaches, and they get attacked as well. And I think that initially it was kind of one of those things where you had to figure out how to navigate that. You know, you want to kick into the, you know, are you going to just leave it alone? Or are you going to f- attack back or whatever the case might be? And, you know, you eventually realize that there's just there's miserable people in the world, and they want everybody else around them to be miserable as well. And for you to try to help them or anybody out of that misery, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? And you know, in the beginning, when I would get hate mail or see somebody bashing Nacho Wing in another group, I would try to explain to them, I don't think you understand. Well, some people don't like to hear that, Mm -mm. and they think they know what nachoing is, and if you read their comments, they obviously don't, because those people are just, the people they are referring to are not people that nacho, those are people that are just meaner than crap. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think it's, you know, horrible for the kids, and it's not. I mean, we know that. Yep. We see it every day, the benefits for the kids when the step-parent nachos. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, there have been times where I'm like, I'm just shutting this down. Like, not April Fool's jokes, shutting it down, but <laughs> I'm going to shut this down because it gets so stressful sometimes. But then I get one message from somebody. On top of the 200 hate mails, I get one message that says, thank you. My marriage is much better because of Nacho. Mm-hmm. And that keeps me going again to the next person. <laughs> Well, kind of on that note, it's amazing how many people will say, you know, I could never nacho. That's just terrible. And then they go on to explain to you how they're nachoing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this is uh, what we do in our house. And we're like, that's nachoing. <laughs> yeah, that's part of what we're, okay. Um, and then there's people that tell you they know all about it and and have no earthly idea what they're talking about. They've done no research on their own. They don't. Here's what gets me is they go to, for example, the Facebook group, they make a determination about what it is, but they don't go directly to the website or anywhere else that, like the podcast, that we have the material coming straight from us. They get it from somebody else. And like you said, there's not many people that hang out in Facebook groups that are doing well in the blend. 
Yeah. I am lucky that we have a good number of people in the Facebook group that have nachoed, and they, too, have a passion to help other people, and those are my moderators and a few other members. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate y'all. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know, folks, um, I call places like that the fly trap. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you got to come up with another analogy. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. No. You know the, the, the fly trap you see hanging? When <laughs> you, it's like in the in the nasty restaurant in the back. <laughs> you got this little strip hanging there, and all these flies are stuck all over it. And you know these other flies are probably going flying by there, going, "Hey, look at all those people in there! It must be something good." And they just fly right into this this trap. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the flies that are already stuck are trying to tell the. Flies that just got stuck, how to get out, even though they don't know how themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, mm-hmm. that's the funny part. You know, you should do this. You should do this. It's people, people will give advice faster than they will take their own advice most oh, yeah. of the time because it doesn't affect them. Like, okay, if I told you to do something that didn't work very well for you, it doesn't affect me. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, right. You know, and that's why people are, um, it, they find it easy to give out advice, hard to take it. Yep. So in the past, I would have tried to convince people that, hey, nacho one's not a bad thing. There's benefits to it. And finally, I said, you know what? I will try to engage when I can. But trying to get people to be more open-minded is not what I want to waste my time on. I want to help those that won't help and are willing to look into the Nacho Kids method. Mm-hmm. Now you know where I've been coming from for years and years when it comes to reaching out to help people. <laughs> I'm getting there, David. <laughs> and guess, it's kind of sad. This goes, you know, way before Nacho Kids. I, I would, I would often say, you know, I would be more than happy to give somebody the shirt off my back but they've got to show me that they're ready for that type of help. And a lot of people aren't. They just, mm-hmm. you know, they want to complain about it or they want to know how they can continue doing what they're doing, but yet have a different outcome. Uh, or what can you do for them while they do nothing for themselves? Just, mm-hmm. yeah. And, th- and then in the meantime, there are people out there that legitimately will do everything they can. And, to save their marriage yep, and relationships. And those are the ones that I want to work with. Yep. So that sounded kind of depressing. <laughs> so I don't want all that to sound depressing. We love what we do. Mm-hmm. It makes my heart swell and my soul sing when I know that the Nacho Kids method has helped somebody else. Well, here's the thing, though. Oh, Lord. For those that are listening... If you if you believe in this methodology, I really want to put it on you to do your part to help other people. You don't have to be actively engaged in helping somebody. You can just say, hey, have you checked out this website? Have you checked out this podcast? It could be you could be the person that turns them on to something that saves their relationship and sometimes even saves their life. All you have to do is just introduce them to the right people, or the right content, or whatever. You point them in the right direction. That's all you need to do. 
So do your it, part in helping other people. Just point them in the right direction. And even if you don't know fully what the Nacho Kids method entails, just if you see somebody struggling, somebody talking at lunch one day about how they hate their stepkid, just go, I'm not sure, but this might help you. You might want to check it out. Yeah, just look into it. Yep. So do that. You know, if, if every listener went out and just shared it with one person, it would it would be life-changing for somebody. Mm-hmm. All right. Enough of that. <laughs> Our guest today is Stepmom Jody. Jody has been blending for 21 years. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Congratulations. I know. That's, that's so exciting. We probably won't make it that long because I'll die before then. But <laughs> that's so exciting. <laughs> I saw somebody the other day had been married like 66 years. And I'm like, that is awesome. You know, most second families, that's what we'll call ourselves, might be a third family, fourth family. You don't have that opportunity. <laughs> no, not unless you got <laughs> divorced real early. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to hit that golden anniversary with your second wife, third wife, second husband, third husband, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there is good news, folks. One year in a blended family equals 10 years <laughs> in regular life. Is that it? So year five of your blend, you celebrate your golden anniversary. Oh, my goodness. I think it is your golden anniversary, isn't it? <laughs> 50 I, years? I don't know. <laughs> All right. You celebrate your 50th anniversary. Yeah. Add 10 years to every year. No. One year equals 10 years. Don't add 10 years because then that'd make it 11. Well, I've been, let's see, I've been married on and off for 24 years. Well, good for you, David. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> she has one stepdaughter that is 31. So that tells you she met stepdaughter when stepdaughter was around 10. One hour son, 15, and one hour's daughter, 11. What? Eleven. Uh-huh. Twenty year age gap between the stepdaughter and the hour's daughter. Jeez how, Louise. How cool is that? I mean, I guess you could say it's cool. I think it's cool. I I wouldn't it's cool for somebody else, not cool for me. <laughs> Man, could you imagine my kids being thirty something and I have eleven year old? Oh my gosh. I mean Okay, my- stop, David, stop. David, welcome back, David. Come back, David. Come back. Here. Here, David. Here, David. You back? Okay. The hardest part of her blending is stepdaughter has major entitlement issues. The 30-something she says, now listen to this. Yes. The 31-year-old has entitlement issues. Okay. Listen, folks. The last three to four years have actually been the hardest for her and her blend. Man, you just burst a bunch of bubbles out there. I know people cry and they like, cut that crap off. I ain't listening to that. That woman's evil. She mean. She telling us mean stuff. We ain't said nothing good this whole time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get better, folks. It's going to get better. This is going to be the depressing podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I won't tell you why it's been the hardest part of the blend, but when you listen, you will find out, and you will probably agree and understand why it has been the hardest part of her blend. Yeah. Her best advice. Dum, da, da, dum. Nacho! You know what my best advice would be? I'm not through talking about her, David. <laughs> Quit talking about yourself right now. My best advice for everybody would be 
Start now. Because if you're waiting for this stuff to just, oh, and when they move out, when they turn 18, when, you're going to always have something to deal with. You better start now learning how to deal with this stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll look back a year from now and go, I wish I had started it then when I listened to that depressing podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> something unique about her blend. Her stepdaughter's 31. She's 38. And her hubby is 60. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's 22 years older. Well, I guess it threw me when you said stepdaughter 31, because I automatically thought that, you know, she was probably in her 50s or 60s. So right. no. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Something good about their blend? Her husband never expected her to step up and parent the stepdaughter. Woo! There you go, husband. Mm-hmm. Proud of you, husband. That's one thing about marrying us older men. So we got more. And <laughs> she's always gotten along with bio mom. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's good news, folks. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, David, I know I cut you off That's okay. <laughs> several times. You normally do. Well, I, I you know, I don't want to get any hate mail about how long these things are. <laughs> Well, people can just hit fast forward, listen to us at 2x speed, and it'd be funny. Uh-huh. All right, David, you ready to get to listening? I am. But first, I want to invite everybody to head on over to the nachokidsacademy.com and check it out. What they going to find? They're going to find all kind of resources to better your blend. Now, that's all I'm going to tell you. That's all I'm going to tell you. Just go check it out. That's all you're going to tell That's all I'm going to tell them. Check it out. You ain't going to tell them about the Nacho Kids Boot Camp? Nope. Nope. You ain't going to tell them about dealing with the High Conflict X course? Nope. You ain't going to tell them how to stop the bleed? Nope. All right, folks. David has quit talking. I have not quit talking. David has refused to speak. (laughs) I just want you to go check it out for yourself. Check it out, folks. Check it out. Don't believe me. Check it out for yourself. (laughs) Or check out the reviews on the website. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. All right. Let's get it. Today we have stepmom Jody. Hey, Jody, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So, how long have you been blending? I have been blending since 2001. So, 21 years. Holy moly. Yes. Girl, that's amazing. You know how amazing that is. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, 72% of blended families fail. Really? I did not know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, girl, pat yourself on the back every day. Okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> yep, celebrate with a cookie or something. <laughs> oh, gee. I don't need any cookies. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> so how many stepkids, bio kids, and hours kids do you have? Okay, I have one stepkid. She's 31. Okay. And I have two hours kids who are 15 and 11, a girl and a boy. Okay. And I know stepdaughter, she's 31. Does she live in the home? No, she actually just moved out about a year ago, though. Okay. Yeah. Did she live with you full time? Kind of on and off. She's had like different boyfriends and stuff that she's would move in with for a while and then break up and then get a new boyfriend, you know, that that type of situation. Mm -hmm. When you and your husband first met, did he, what kind of custody schedule did he have? So... They always co-parented pretty well. 
the bio mom is actually pretty cool. There's no issues there. Woo-hoo. It was kind of like a, they didn't really have like a court order or anything like that. They lived down the street from each other and it was just kind of a come and go as you please type thing. Well, that's good. Yeah. And they never had any issues. They, they could have gotten along better, but the stepdad, her, the mom's husband mm-hmm. is the one that was the drama. Oh, he was the drama. It wasn't her. It wasn't him. It was, it was the stepdad. So he was high conflict. He's very high conflict still to this day. He's very high conflict. Can you think of an example? Well, we've always been very welcoming to her, to the mother. She's actually stayed in our house before, like for a couple of days when she would come down here on vacation mm-hmm. and he would never let my husband like in his house. He didn't even want my husband to know where he lived because they moved away to a different state when the stepdaughter was like 12 or 13 and she ended up moving up there with them. Yet he did not want my husband to know where he lived, anything. And he's just, I don't know. He's weird. I was going to say that's weird. weird. Yeah. And your husband had every right to know where his daughter was. Yeah, exactly. Like we went up there on a vacation and he's like, I don't want husband coming to my house and I don't want him to know where we live. And it's just like, why? Like, why do you have to be like that? You think he's in the witness protection program? (laughs) (laughs) I probably, I don't know. He's just, (laughs) he's just really like stern and stubborn. And I don't know. I don't really know the guy, but just, you know. Do you have any idea what his and stepdaughter's relationship was like? Yes. He does not believe in Nacho. I can tell you that much. (laughs) He (laughs) tried to run the show. It was always, if this was my kid, I would do this. And like the mom always listened to him. So that's where any contention that happened came from between my husband and the bio mother. Yeah. Does he have kids of his own? Do you know? Nope. Nope. Oh, yeah. So he don't know what it would do if it was his kid. Yeah, exactly. And that's what my husband says. <laughs> okay. So, of course, that's an interesting part. Yes. So we have that. And then, you know, the like he travels a lot for work. And like the mother would spoil her when the stepdad wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as the stepdad got there, it was like back to military again. So that causes issues too. <laughs> that would have to be so hard on the kid. Yeah, definitely. Because she has to adjust to buy a mom, spoiling her to all of a sudden, oh, stepdad's back. Mom's going to be strict. Yep, exactly. And that's how it was. And she knows it's coming from stepdad. Uh-huh. Yep. So I would think that when stepdad came back, she would just come to your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, she would have, but they lived like 1,500 miles away because they... Our school system is not so great down here where mm-hmm. I live. And the mom moved up there for better school, supposedly, which I don't know how that worked out, but yeah. <laughs> so when she moved, how often would your husband see her? Um, every vacation, we would go up there to visit. Like he's a great father. He's always been very involved in in stepchild's life, always. He's a really good dad. Was he okay with by a mom moving her so far away? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. But they didn't have a court order. They didn't. So she she actually stayed with my husband for like about a year, I think, after they moved. And then the 
the bio mom convinced her to try it in the other state. So I think she was like 13 at the time. So my husband was just like, you know, go try it. And if you don't like it, come back. Hoping that she wouldn't like it. And she didn't like it. And the mom wouldn't let her come back. You know, it's great that your husband and the ex had such a good relationship Mm -hmm. and didn't have to deal with the court order crap. Yes. But this is also a reason that court orders are important. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Even though it may not have been enforced, but if he would have had an order that said, I have her 50-50, and if Mm -hmm. mom ever plans to move, she has to give me a 30-day notice. That way he could go to court and, you know, legally keep the daughter with him. Yeah. Yeah, because she would have stayed with him. Like, they're very, very close even to this day. I mean, that's probably why I'm even here on the podcast, because they're, like, super close. (laughs) Oh. And. He he is a very good dad. He's always been around. And that was another thing that the that the stepdad would would say, like after she moved up there with them, mm-hmm. the stepdad would be like, Oh, I'm your dad. I'm your real dad. Uh, your dad doesn't do anything for you. And like stuff like that. I'm more of a father to you. And that's total crap. Excuse my language. Girl, crap ain't a bad word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not in my house, it's not. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that, well, I know everybody's different, but I know that if David was like that with Jackson, I would have left. I, I know. She's one of those people, like, she's religious. I mean, we are too, but she's like, she takes honor thy husband to a totally different level than what I would. And see, you know, that a lot of times people talk about, Your marriage comes first. Yes. And in a nuclear family, that's easy to say. Yeah, it is. But even so, I mean, uh, I I mean, I have, we have ours kids and, you know, there's, I I wouldn't, if I didn't like something, I would always stand up for my children against my husband. Right. Yeah. So, and I mean, of course you need to make sure you're not overreacting like the, yeah. Your husband wants your kid to eat broccoli. You don't want him to. Of course, you're not going to go, well, I'm leaving you. Right. <laughs> True. She wasn't allowed to even be herself with her daughter. I'd have been like, Mm-mm, something's got yeah. to give, buddy. No, and even still, like, she'll come down here and she she won't, like, it'll be a big secret that she came over here to visit us because she's she's, like, cool and she has watched our kids grow up. Uh-huh. And she's, you know, our kids like her and she wants to come see them and, but she can't tell her husband. So, I mean, that's a whole nother subject, but yeah. (laughs) That's almost like some kind of cult crap. It's, it's weird. It's very, very strange. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. That's what he was dealing with, with, with that situation. Yeah. Cause I can see bio mom even telling him, well, I don't mind if she comes back, but, you know, my husband says no. Yeah. And I think that has actually happened in the recent past Mm -hmm. because we've had some situations where she's had to move up there because of some issues that she got into. And yeah. Well, and I'm sure that he probably treats stepdaughter even worse if he thinks she wants to be with y'all. Probably. 
Probably. I don't like him. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I, I hardly know. I've met him like twice and yeah, just no, I don't like him either. <laughs> you got those boogeyman vibes off of him, didn't you? <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying. Ugh. Yeah. So you've also got some other stuff unique going on. Yes. You're how old? <laughs> 38. <laughs> and your husband is? <laughs> 60. And your stepdaughter? <laughs> 31. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you and your stepdaughter could have been siblings. Yes, we could have been siblings. <laughs> and your husband could have been your dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but you know what? We've been together for like 20 years, 21 years now, and actually 20 years. And, you know. Oh, we, wait a we, minute. Let's back up. So you were what? 17 or 18. I was 18. Yeah. And he was 40. Yeah. Yes. What did your friends think? I mean, girl, I'm not bashing you at all because, you know, love comes in all different shapes and sizes and ages and y'all seem to be a great couple. But, you know, (laughs) I mean, I've dated older men in the past, but I'm Uh thinking 18 and 40. Yeah. So, okay, just to back it up all the way, I actually had. (laughs) Where did y'all meet? <laughs> Let's go all the way back. Okay, so I I had a very tumultuous and chaotic childhood. <laughs> My father was never around, so it's probably daddy issues for me. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then I am from Michigan, and I moved to Florida when I was 18. And I hung out with my uncle a lot because I didn't know anyone down here, and he was like the cool uncle who would, you know buy me alcohol and stuff like that when when I was underage. And he was actually a friend of my uncle and he was like really stable and everything. And that's something that I never had in my life. I never had stability and my uncle was not stable clearly. Right. And, um, we just kind of started hanging out and we liked each other and it just happened, I guess. I don't know. Well, no, I understand. Mm -hmm. You were attracted to him obviously, and his stability was a perk, but you've made it work. Yes. Yeah. So you didn't have many friends to go, girl, what are you thinking dating this pawpaw? (laughs) No, my friends that still lived back in Michigan were saying that, but now that we're still together, they're like, you know, they're whatever, they're fine with it. Yeah. Did you ever go places and people thought he was your dad? Yes, that that has happened. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. We've actually had like a woman ask him out before when I was with him and he was like, well, this is my girlfriend. And she like, was like, yeah, she didn't like that too much. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) So, yeah. So what did he think about having kids with you? He always wanted more kids Mm -hmm. and I, I wanted kids, but we didn't have kids until we were together for like five years. My son was born in 06 mm-hmm. and we got together in like 0102 ish, like the end of 01, 2001. Right. So yeah, he wanted more kids. He loves kids. So yeah. That's good. I'm glad that he didn't think, oh, I'm too old to have kids. No, 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 not at all. That's awesome. No. Yeah. 
So they keep him young, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. We're, <laughs> we're pushing him to the grave one, huh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. This dance thing is probably doing doing the latter. <laughs> yeah. Just wait till that little girl hits teenage years. Whew. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the questionnaire that you filled out, you said your blend was pretty good, but the last yes. three to four years have actually been the hardest. They've been the hardest. Yes. Because I've always... Like I did, I obviously did not know what nacho was when I was, you know, young Mm -hmm. and I've always kind of had the mindset of like, I've never disciplined. I've never really done anything for the the kid ever. And we were always on good terms, but you know, and I don't think that her dad would have ever let me either. So I I wasn't one of those people that walked in and was like super stepmom, Mm -hmm. you know? So. Well, you were so young. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I mean, people have kids at like 15, so. I know, I know. Girl, you know I'm just giving you a hard time. No, I know. It's all good. But I can see his daughter going, wait a minute. She's like the age of my babysitter, and you want me to listen to what she's saying about clean up my room? Yeah, I get it. And that's probably where some of the contention comes from now, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So So what happened three to four years ago? Okay. So I don't know. You might want to, do you want me to get really candid? Because it's, it's. Gets a little hairy. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Because I think people need to hear Harry. Okay. So she got out of a relationship, a stable relationship with a nice guy mm-hmm. and immediately hooked up with this other guy that coincidentally is 10 years younger than her. Okay. And he was a heroin addict or he is a heroin addict Oh. and was homeless and had no place to live. And she thought that she could move him in here in my house. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And dad has a really hard time saying no to anything with her. Mm -hmm. So she didn't really even ask. She just started having the guy stay over here. Yeah. And and then she ended up getting hooked on it too. Oh. Yeah. So the guy's living here. He's clearly high all the time. I have, you know, like a, how old were my kids at the time? Seven and 11. Yeah. Living here and growing up in that kind of environment. That was like the biggest form of betrayal to me for her to do that because I never wanted my kids to see any of that stuff. Right. Or be around it. And it was clear that he was high and he would go in the bathroom. I could hear the spoon. I mean, my kids didn't know what that was, but you know, I could hear the spoon and and the lighter and, and he was shooting up in my bathroom. Oh God. Yeah. So please tell me you didn't find him dead in your house. No, I didn't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, but you know, that went through my mind. Like my kids, you know, if you're going to do that kind of stuff, that's like the consequence of doing heroin is dying. Right. Overdosing. Yeah. I've lost many family members to, to heroin overdose. Oh yeah. So this is like, this is like a huge trigger for me mm-hmm. having him in the house. And finally, and I felt like my husband was not on my side because I kept saying, we can't have this person in our house. We have children here. Somebody, you know, if something happens, like what's going to happen to our kids? You know, we allow this. Right. And, and he's like, no, it's not how it works. And I, you know, I can't tell her, no, I can't kick her out, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, (laughs) that's where the contention started. Did the boyfriend or your stepdaughter work? 
No. Were you not afraid they were going to steal everything in your house to support their habit? Yes, I was. And that actually happened. I mean, there was prescription medication that was missing because my husband has had several surgeries and he like never took the Percocet or whatever Mm -hmm. they gave him. So he had a bunch of Percocet in the house and that was all gone. I mean, the boyfriend even went as low as to steal my son's syringes because he has type one diabetes. Oh my gosh. A pack of syringes. Yes. Don't they give those out free somewhere? Like the health department, don't they give out free syringes? Oh, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I think they do. Maybe not down here. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know, but yes. So he did that. I mean, he pawned off things that like my husband let him borrow a pressure cleaner Mm -hmm. to um, like a really expensive one because, you know, he's like, oh, I'll help the kid out. He's going to go make money. And he pawned that off. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we were dealing with. (laughs) Is your husband the kind of person that always wants to see the best in people? Absolutely. Because I know my dad, my sister and her husband live with my dad. Uh Uh-huh. And he has some issues with things she does. It's not drugs or anything. It's more like not cleaning up after herself. Okay. But he won't do anything about it. And yeah. he, he says, I can't make her leave. Well, then stop complaining to me about it. Yeah. See, my husband, he doesn't see anything because they were doing that too. Like I would, I would get up in the morning, you know, at a normal time to take my kids to school and there would be like cereal all over the counter. Or, like you could tell they were up eating all night and I would tell my husband and like, he saw nothing wrong with it. <laughs> He saw nothing wrong with anything that was happening. He didn't want to see it. He didn't want to see it. And that's what caused a lot of issues in our relationship too. Well, like you said, you've got your kids that are seeing this stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. And I know we want to shelter our kids as much as we can. Yeah. And definitely they're going to know stuff. You know, my son came home. He was in a private school for a while and he went to public Uh school. He's like, they smoke weed in the bathroom. I'm like, what? <laughs> they do. But <laughs> they do. <laughs> you know, they're going to be exposed to this stuff, but it doesn't right. have to be in your home. Yeah. And I mean, smoking weed is one thing, but yeah. I mean, intravenous drug use in your home, like that's just, that's like way beyond anything that I don't know. Yeah. And my sister had some issues with drugs. Uh huh. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but she had good reason. Her husband kidnapped one of her kids. Oh, okay. But, you know, I have compassion for people that do get hooked on these things because they're really not in their right mind. Yes, I agree. And I know people will say, well, they chose to do it. Yeah, but, you know, you can get hooked after one time. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, like I said, I've grown up. You know, my, my childhood was very, very chaotic Mm -hmm. drugs, alcohol. I mean, and then all the stuff that goes along with, with all that. Mm -hmm. So I do have compassion for them, but for, for addicts, but you know, I just, yeah, it's one thing to have it in your home with your children and you're not doing it. It's like, you know, I I had no control. Right. And 
you know, a lot of times we'll see in the Facebook group, people will say, my yeah. house, my rules. Uh-huh. And honestly, that bothers me a lot because it's like they dismiss that their husband lives there. Yes. It's his house, too. It is, yeah. But there is a huge, huge, huge difference from a stepkid leaving dirty clothes somewhere, dirty dishes, whatever, versus doing heroin in your house. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference. I mean, because like like you said, like you were like, oh, did you find him dead? I mean, that happens. It happens all the time, mm-hmm. every day. and. If that did happen, I mean, that could fall back onto my husband and I, and we could lose our children. Like people don't realize how serious it it is, you know? Right. And your husband said, oh, that's not how that happens. It is. It is how it happens. Definitely. I mean, I've seen it, you know, my cousin died of a heroin overdose, my stepsister, my half brother, like, I mean, all these people, like I've, I've grown up around it. (laughs) Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, but you know, it made, you know, it's made me a stronger person and you know, that's why sometimes I don't have sympathy for people when they're when they use the oh, I had a bad childhood excuse like mm-hmm. you know, I but everyone deals with trauma differently and anyways. Well, we've all had messed up childhoods in some way or yes. another. And yes. you can either focus on that or you can move on and not let that define you. Exactly. I mean, some people have a harder time. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on, but I agree. It's sometimes it's hard to fight those demons in your mind. Uh-huh. Same thing with the addicts. Yeah. Yep. But you know, too, they're mixing so much crap in that heroin now. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> and what's scary is a friend of mine, she does a lot of um help with drug addicts. Okay. And so she gets called to the hospital when somebody's overdosed to try to help them. Okay. And she'll say, what is so sad is if little Susie ends up ODing on the heroin she got because it had the fentanyl in it, Mm -hmm. then all the friends are saying, where'd she get it? Because they want it. Oh my gosh. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Because that's the good stuff. Ugh. And nobody ever thinks they'll OD. No, they don't. They don't think that they'll OD. Mm-hmm. It's quite frankly, they, you know, they get so sick and, you know, they're, they just like Joan so much for the next yep. batch or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. Yep. Like it's the furthest thing from their mind. And it's not like they are in, intentionally hurting those around them. True. And, They're not. And that's what's so hard to deal with because you're thinking you're disrespecting my kids. Mm-hmm. But they don't think that way. Like you said, they don't. their thought process is my next high. Mm-hmm. Well, if they weren't working, where were they getting money? How long did she live with you? So the two of them lived with us for probably about three months before I finally had to say it's either him or me. Like I wasn't telling him to get his daughter out of here. It was the boyfriend right. that I wanted gone. I was in it was about 3 months and then she ended up staying for a couple months after he went to jail or something. And then they ended up getting their own apartment together, which was a complete crap show. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. And then there was the issue when she moved back here, she brought two Belgian Malinois puppies with her. Girl, we have Belgian Malinois and those dogs. (laughs) (laughs) I got got two puppies right now. Yeah. Okay. And we've got one that's, golly, she's eight years old. And I decided I wanted to get two puppies. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I did know what I was getting into, but good Lord, have mercy. Those dogs, they are definitely work dogs. And you have to give them a job. If not, they will tear up everything. Uh, Yeah, we lost a couch. I mean, I still have furniture that has chew marks. Uh Uh-huh. And they're very smart dogs, but they have to be trained. Yes, and they can't be left to their own devices while your owner is sleeping until 3 o'clock. No, no. High on pills. Yeah. (laughs) Or heroin or whatever. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So it's always been that my husband has always picked up the slack for his daughter. That's how it's always been. So I think she thought that maybe I would help with them when I was very vocal that I have too much on my plate right now. My child just got diagnosed with type one diabetes. You know, I have like, it was just all a lot at at one time that happened. Mm -hmm. And I was very vocal that I was not going to help at all with those dogs. So yeah. <laughs> so she brought, she had those, the, the two dogs and the boyfriend. <laughs> this was all at the same time. Oh my gosh. And I'm thinking the two dogs are enough to drive you batty. Yes. Were they puppy puppies? Puppies. Yeah. Uh, the, the boyfriend, the, the first boyfriend that she moved out of his house, bred his two he, he had a boy, a male and a female, uh-huh. and he bred them, and he gave her two puppies from that litter, uh-huh. full on knowing that she couldn't take care of them. Right. Thinking that we would do it. Yeah. And, you know, we see a lot of the movies that these dogs are in or on Top Dog, and they are amazing dogs, but they are also dogs that end up needing to be rehomed, and they can't go into shelters because they are considered aggressive dogs. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're good dogs, but Yeah. So you got the boyfriend and the two puppies. Uh-huh. And you talk to your husband and you say, yes. "Look here, buddy. Something's got to change." Uh-huh. And so I guess he talked to stepdaughter and she made boyfriend move out? No. So I don't like to give ultimatums. I think that they're like a form of manipulation. I <laughs> so agree. But I ended up getting so at the end of my rope that I said, it's either me and our two kids or that boyfriend. Mm-hmm. We're leaving. I'm not staying another day with him in my house. And so he told her that she couldn't have the boyfriend over anymore. He wasn't even allowed around the house. And um, she started sneaking him in through the window at night because he was homeless and had nowhere to go. How did they, how did they Okay, then he then he goes to jail. Yes. <laughs> and she stays there a little while. Yeah. Yep. With the puppies. Uh-huh. And then they get their own apartment. Yes. How did they afford an apartment? She uh ended up getting a job. Okay. And he when he got out of jail, he did okay for a while and saved up money. Like a few weeks. Mm-hmm. They had enough money to get the apartment and then that I mean that didn't last long, maybe 
I don't know, maybe three months or something. Mm -hmm. And then she ended up going to jail. For drugs? Yes, she got caught. My She went on a job with a friend of mine. My friend was nice and offered her a job. And um, they were going to Orlando, which is like three hours from me. Mm-hmm. They ended up getting pulled over and she had pills on her. So she went to jail. And of course, my husband ran right up there to go get her. Oh. And then they, I think shortly after that, they lost the apartment. Then where did they go? She ended up coming. That was right before COVID happened. So she came back here and he, I don't know what he did. I think he was like homeless somewhere. I don't know. Did they break up? Yes. But here's why they broke up because he was like, he was using her. He, this guy is a total con artist, opportunist. He's a scumbag, total Mm -hmm. scumbag. My husband has his or our um, debit card on all of our kids' phones. Right. So his his daughter and our two kids. So they were going to the ATM multiple times a day and withdrawing money, like $200 a day sometimes. And it didn't say like whose phone was doing it. So my husband was blaming our son who was 11 at the time. <gasps> Yeah, he was saying saying that he was going to... And I'm like, are you freaking serious? That's how much in denial he was. He was so in denial. And like, I mean, he had friends that were telling him she's doing drugs, she's doing drugs. And he would not like, he would not have any of it, none of it. So after he, after the arrest happened and he actually found out and, and realized that what she was doing, he took the, the ATM card or the debit card off of his daughter's phone mm-hmm. and the boyfriend was gone like shortly after that. Ah. Oh. Yeah. With another girl and already and stuff like that. So somebody else to support his habit. He, exactly. So he was he's a total con artist. Just he's awful. Yeah. So did stepdaughter continue to stay with y'all for a while? Yes, and then she ended up going to rehab and she's been clean ever since. So it's been about 2 years. That is great. Yeah. And that is not easy. It's not easy, but the boyfriend keeps sneaking back into her life. And the heroin boyfriend? Yes. Yep. Uh. He's been in and out of jail. And, you know, she was on probation for a while. She just got off. And he was like trying to manipulate her, saying, Oh, if you don't let me stay at your house, I'm going to say that you hit me. So you go to jail and like stuff like that. He's crazy. He's he's crazy. He's insane. Please tell he's me insane. that she's not giving in to this. She was for a while, but my husband finally laid the law down and said no because he actually um he has uh several rental properties and he gave her a house. Okay. To live in because it just wasn't working with her with her and I here. So he moved her into one of his properties and mm-hmm. you know, boyfriend thought he could swoop right in and you know, have a free place to stay. Right. Yeah. My husband was like, absolutely not. He put cameras up around the house and, you know, which is a bit of an invasion of privacy, but you know, he's saving her life. Yeah. He's living, she's living there for free. So, I mean, you know, you don't want the guy around it. it, Yeah. Yeah. So, and honestly, I don't know how she stayed clean with that guy coming back around. I I know. I know. She's, I mean, she's strong-willed and stuff. So, Kudos to her, man. Yeah. 
definitely. Like, I don't think she ever would have gotten into that if it wasn't for that guy. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to, you know, I know everyone makes their own choices and stuff, but. Somebody has to introduce them to it. Exactly. And and he, like I said, he's like a con artist. I mean, the worst. Mm -hmm. He's the worst. Yeah. So what is your relationship like with her now? It's okay. Like I, I, I kind of keep her at, at arm's length. You know, we talk sometimes she tells me stuff that she won't tell her dad, but you know, I'm just not ready to, I don't know. I'm just not ready to have, uh, I don't know how to say it. I'm not ready to like be like friends with her again mm-hmm. yet at this point. Because there's just been so much that has happened and, you know, like, like I'm, I'm cordial to her. And like I said, she'll, you know, she gets aggravated with her dad and she'll tell me stuff and she'll actually come to me with stuff about the boyfriend that she won't tell her dad. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we have a good relationship, but I'm just not ready to, you know, be friends yet. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. You've still got your guard up. A lot's happened. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, she is very manipulative Mm -hmm. to her dad. And she likes to interject her ideas about parenting to me. She doesn't like the way that I parent my daughter or whatever. So, (laughs) you know, that that kind of stuff aggravates me. Right. What's her relationship like with your kids? It's okay. I think they know how she is. Like, I don't ever say anything about her in front of my kids, Mm -hmm. but they can, you know, they know that she's sneaking kind of out for herself. Right. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I get how she is. She had her dad, but there's like some jealousy on, on her end Mm -hmm. because she did have her dad for 16 years to herself. And all of a sudden these two new kids are born and, you know, he's pouring a lot of attention into them and I think that that's normal and par for the course. Yes. I think so, so too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just think that there's jealousy, especially towards my daughter. Daddy's little girl. Yeah, definitely. But they, I mean, my husband and his, his older daughter have a relationship that's completely unbreakable. Like, I hate to say this, but I think that he would <laughs> do more for her than he would for our kids. It's just, it is what it is. And I was going to ask you that. Have you noticed a difference with how he parents your kids versus how he parented her? No, granted, I know there's a huge age difference, but does he seem to be a little more strict with them and doesn't mind laying down the law as much, you know, with her, he was kind of reserved about doing that? Yes. And he's, uh, he's definitely a Disney dad all around. I'm definitely the authoritarian (laughs) parent. Mm But he's more strict on our kids about doing chores and, you know, being respectful and stuff like that. Like, there's some things that I don't care. Like, I have a 15-year-old and he will use, like, profane language sometimes, which I I really don't care. But my husband's really strict about that, which I don't think he would have been with his daughter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just there's some things that you can tell a difference. But he's a Disney dad, though. (laughs) All all the way around. All the way around. (laughs) Well, at least he's keeping that consistent. (laughs) Yeah, I think he would do more like financially for his daughter than he would for our kids. Mm -hmm. But I also think 
deep down that he knows that he kind of dropped the ball with his older daughter. So he's trying to make ours more responsible. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Makes perfect sense. He would never admit that, but I think that that's the case. (laughs) Yeah. Does it bother you that he seems to be that way? Or are you glad that he's a little stricter with your kids? I'm glad that he's a little stricter with my kids because like I said, I'm, I don't want to call myself like an authoritarian, but I am pretty strict. You know, I have morals and values that I think should be upheld and I don't really give in to my kids that much. Mm-hmm. And I'm really strict about grades. He's not so strict about grades. Just, I don't know. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we'll see step moms that are complaining that, oh, he's stricter on my kid than he was his. Well, do you want him to be lax like he was with his kid? Because you complained about that. Exactly. And that's that, you know, that's a good thing that he's stricter because like, like I said, I think that that means deep down, they know that they've, I don't want to say dropped the ball, but they've, or messed up because it's not really, they know that they didn't do it right the first time. Mm -hmm. And I don't even really want to say that, but you know what I'm getting at? Like they, they know that something went bad the first time. And they're trying to make their other kids more responsible, basically. Right. So. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because she's not like his daughter is not financially responsible at all. And he's, he spoiled her, but her mom did too. So that's, I mean, that could be from both sides. Right. Yeah. You know. But then she had the evil stepdad. So with mom, it wasn't consistent. It was not consistent, but with that, it was always constant. Like he spoiled her and he, like I said, he gave her a house. (laughs) I I know. Well, I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know if I would be okay with that, but you didn't need her in your house. Yeah. It was either that or she would be here. And it it was just too much chaos. Mm -hmm. I mean, if she needed to come back, she's always welcome back. I'm not going to, I would never tell my husband, oh, your daughter can't come here, but Right. It's better the way that it is <laughs> mm-hmm. right now. And that's the thing is, and I agree, I would never tell my husband that his kids could not come here for any yeah, reason. You, you can't do that. Right. But I would tell my husband, no, they're not going to be shooting up heroin in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I did say that and I even told them, I'm like, I'm going to have to get the police involved. I mean, do you want your daughter to go to jail? Because I'm not going to have... CPS or whatever in my house, taking my kids because your daughter wants to have her boyfriend live here. Like that's not going to happen. Right. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. yeah, I I had to lay down the law about that one. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't blame you. (laughs) And honestly, a lot of people we've seen split up because of that, because the dad's like, no, no, granted it's usually over weed. Yeah. I mean, I'd be a little more Relax if it was just weed, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's not, it's not. And it was just, it was way, it was just an awful situation. Awful. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yep. And then my son was, I think he was like 11 at the time. He, the guy did, I had a math tutor that would come over here two days a week for, to help my son. Mm-hmm. And the guy, they came home and the guy goes in the bathroom and I knew, knew what he was doing. And he comes out completely annihilated, messed up. 
falling all over the place, falling into my sliding glass door. Oh gosh. While I have a math tutor here. <laughs> I mean, that person could have easily called CPS. I mean, she's a teacher too. She's like a mandated reporter. Right. I'm surprised she didn't. Easily called CPS and been like, this is what's going on over at this house. (laughs) Yeah. And then my neighbors were starting to say stuff. It it was just not a good situation. Yeah. Well, do you think that stepdaughter was stealing from y'all too, or just the boyfriend? Yes, she, she was because she, um, she actually took money from my purse before and my husband didn't really say anything <laughs> about it. And I'm sure that did not make you feel good. It did not because she, she would use like the triangulation behaviors. Mm-hmm. She took money from my purse and I found out like that, like within an hour, cause I happened to need cash for an event that I was going to at my daughter's school. And I knew I had $40 in, in my pocket. So I happened to find out right away. And then my husband was sitting on the couch. I was like, where's my money? And she admitted to taking it. And then when I, as soon as I left, she told my husband, oh, well, that's my stepmom. I should be able to go in her purse and take money if I need it. I needed gas. Girl, I couldn't even go in my mama's pocketbook. Exactly. To turn. And then he agrees with her. And it's just like, he, she always tries to turn him against me. Wow. Yeah. And then he agrees with her. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Do you forgive her for that? Or, golly, do you even forgive him for agreeing that that's okay? Well, I mean, I do because that's right in the middle of when she was doing drugs. Mm -hmm. So I know that's, she wasn't getting gas. I know that she was getting something else. And uh, I mean, and I forgive him because that's just how he is. Like he, I mean, for lack of a better word, he thinks that the, Sun sets and shines out of his daughter's butthole, mm-hmm. pretty much. Excuse my language again. <laughs> and that's just how he is. And he believes everything that she says. And, you know, that's not going to change. So I just have to deal with it or whatever. Right. And you're not willing to throw away your relationship because of that. No, no. Cause I, you know, I love him. We've been together forever. We have kids and that's, just so minimal that whatever mm-hmm. it it is what it is it's just how he is <laughs> yeah and it doesn't make him a bad person no it doesn't because he thinks that he's doing the right thing for his like he genuinely thinks that he's doing the right thing for his kid right i mean and he's a major enabler major enabler <laughs> yeah if you want me to elaborate i can <laughs> go ahead elaborate well, so she, um, <laughs> in the middle of her um, addiction, she pawned off a lot of things, like including jewelry that was given to her by my mother-in-law, Louis Vuitton purses, like just all kinds of stuff. And um, he went and got it out of pawn for her. Wow. And then he also, before she could get into rehab, because, you know, you can't just like go in, you have to wait. Yes. He gave her money for drugs because she didn't want her to get sick. Like, that's the kind of stuff. I know way too many people that have done that. Yeah. And it's, they think they're doing the right thing. They do. But what if, thank God it didn't happen, but what if he would have gave her that money 
because he didn't want her to get sick, but she got a bad mm-hmm. batch and it killed her. Yep. I know. That's what I tell him. See, I tend to look more at the negative things that can happen. And mm-hmm. he does like, he's very positive. Yeah. He doesn't look at the, like something has to happen to him for him to process that it could happen. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Where I'm the kind of person that if I'm on the interstate and I see a plane, I think it could, cr- could crash into my car. <laughs> oh my God. I think the same thing. <laughs> Okay, so that makes me feel better that I'm yes, not the no, only one that thinks this way. I have actually thought that before. <laughs> yeah, I was going to New Jersey one time, and the Newark airport is right there at the interstate. So, uh-huh. you know, I'm getting on the interstate, and I look back, and there's a plane coming, not a car. Oh, my gosh. And it freaked me out. Oh my gosh! It was yep. it was hilarious because I just busted out laughing. Apparently, when I'm really scared, <laughs> I just laugh. But I, do the I'm, same thing. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, you're looking for a car and you see a plane, and it just yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of <laughs> traumatic, but that's funny though. No, because I think the same way. I'm like, I'm very like cautious, and I, I tend to think things through before I make decisions. Like he doesn't, and he just always thinks there's going to be a, a great outcome, and everything's sunshine and rainbows and I'm more like everything's going to be awful. Oh, <laughs> not really, but yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're cautious. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that I'm a really negative thinking person. Actually, I think I'm pretty positive thinking, but I do have those thoughts of planes falling out of the sky or <laughs> You know, I'm not walking under that scaffolding because it could fall and kill me or... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I watch too many Final Destination movies. Oh, my God. Yeah, I watch way too much true crime. I love it. But, yeah, it gets in my head. It does. It does. (laughs) You know, we've got to be careful what we feed our brains. Exactly. That darn ID channel is just addicting. Yes. (laughs) And then you're thinking... You stupid person, you should have known not to leave your belt buckle there. <laughs> I know, or a piece of hair or a fingerprint or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, golly, this oh. isn't your first time. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, we joke that I've watched so many crime shows that I could bury David and nobody would know. Oh, my God. That's not true because he's so big. Funny. I'd have to get somebody oh to God. help me and then they would tell, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that nowadays. <laughs> no. There's too much, too much science out there. Yeah, it would be recorded on your phone somehow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jody, what would you say is the best piece of advice that you could give someone that is not even necessarily just getting in a blend, but somebody that's struggling in the blend, whether they've been together five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever? Uh, well... Like, okay, so I see sometimes in the Facebook groups, like we were talking about earlier, you can't think of everything as like mine or my house or my this. Mm-hmm. You have to not really be on the same page with your husband, but kind of be open-minded about their thought process and how they raise their kids and everything. And just realize that different isn't always bad, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. You know, just because they raise their kids differently than what you think is appropriate doesn't mean that they're going to turn out to be a serial killer or whatever. Mm -hmm. You just have to be open-minded, basically. 
you can't be so staunch in your the way that you do things and the way that you think. Mm-hmm. You have to be open-minded. I completely agree. And yeah. I honestly feel like that if I wouldn't have been open-minded to not showing, David and I would have never made it because it was our last-ditch effort to save our marriage. Really? Okay. Yeah. It was bad. We were getting ready okay. to get one phone call away from an attorney to get divorced. Oh, wow. Okay. And we went to a counselor that I knew that yeah. he kept telling me they were not my kids. And then I realized when we were leaving and making fun of the counselor, I was like, they are not your kids. <laughs> but then it hit me. I was creating my own misery. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and they're not your kids. Like they have, in most cases, there's two parents there. Even if they're not physically there, there's two parents. Yeah, you're coming in like brand new. You can't erase everything that's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. You didn't break it. You can't fix it. Exactly. And you just have to, like I say, be open-minded and try to like understand your partner's thought process and why they do things the way that they do or why they are okay with things that you're necessarily not okay with. So Mm -hmm. that's that's just my advice. You have to be open-minded and... You you can't, like I said, you can't walk into a situation with two children that have parents that have been raising them for, you know, the last six or 10 years or whatever, and try to change everything. It just doesn't work like that. Right. And even if you don't agree with their parenting, mm-hmm. like you said, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. And I know it's hard to keep your mouth shut and not say anything. It is. But you did not marry them because of the parent they were. Yeah, you married them because of the person that they were. Right. And that person didn't change. Your perception changes once you get married and you're like, he didn't fuss at little Johnny for wearing his shoes in the house. Yeah, exactly. And like, you can't be so anal about things because I think a lot of times people are more anal about things concerning their stepchildren than they are about their own children. Amen, sister. Say that again. (laughs) People are more anal about things concerning their stepchildren than their own children. And that's the truth. It is. And I wonder if it's because we notice those things with our stepkids quicker than we notice things with our own kids. It probably is. (laughs) Because we can tune little Johnny out because we're used to him behaving that way. Exactly. And it's like... It's another piece of advice that I have is it's okay to not love your stepchildren right off the bat. Amen. Like you don't a lot. I think a lot of people, women, especially think that you have to go into a blend and be like this, like super mom and Mm -hmm. try to make the family nuclear. It's never going to be nuclear and it's okay to have feelings of, you know, I don't love my stepkid. I don't like this kid. Mm-hmm. whatever. And right. That's okay. And it's, I think it's normal. And I just think society makes it not normal. If, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Society puts way too many pressures on blended families to be nuclear yes. families, Yep. but also for a stepmom to love the kids like her own and to do everything yeah. mom would do when it suits everybody else. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think that people should try to parent kids that are not their own unless the parent is okay with it. And both parents should really be okay with it, honestly. Right. And a lot of times one by a parent will say, yes, I'm okay with it. But then when it happens, they're not. 
yeah, well, like in my situation, one bio parent was okay with a step parent parenting it being very strict. And my husband was not okay with that. And right, but he couldn't change it. He couldn't change it. So he lived with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I know a lot of times stepmoms feel like, oh, I don't love them like my own. I'm a horrible mm-hmm. person. Or I, I treat little Johnny different because he's not mine. It's normal. It is normal. And I think people try, like like we were talking about society, I think people try to feel a certain way mm-hmm. to please society. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but that's just, it's not instinctual. You didn't, not to say that you can't love a child like your own, that's, that's not your biological child, because people do it, you know, in matters of adoption or whatever. Right. And some people do love their stepchildren like their own, and that's fine, but it's not instinctual. Right. It's, you didn't have the child. You didn't take care of the child when they were an infant and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, I don't know. I didn't realize that until I had my own children that it's, there's a different bond there. There just is. Right. And you can't compare it. You can't compare it. You cannot compare it. We see that all the time. People say, oh, I love them like my own. And you ask them how old their kids are. And they say, oh, I don't have any. Mm-hmm. Or then we see people a lot of times that'll say, I didn't realize that the love I would have for my child would be completely different. It, yeah, it it is. I mean, it just, <laughs> it's it's mother nature. I mean, it's it's nature. It is. Yeah. And I even think, and tell me if you disagree, that somebody that says, I love my stepkids like my own, and they have their own kids. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it came down to it and a train was coming, and they could rescue their bio kid or their step kid from that train. Yeah. Which one do you think it would be? Their bio kid, definitely. Instinctually. Yes. And for, like, I don't want to get too much on the gender issue because that's like a hot topic right now. But mm-hmm. I think that sometimes it's easier for a step dad, like a male coming in to bond with stepkids. Yes. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's proven. Yes. Because I had a stepdad and He's like my dad. I still talk to him to this day. Like my mom's long passed away and I still talk to my stepdad. He is my dad. So how old were you when your parents split up? My dad left my mom when she was pregnant with me. I didn't even meet my dad until I was 10. So yeah, I had a stepdad who was like my dad. They got together when I was like, I want to say like two, around two. Mm -hmm. So, and we were very bonded. Did you know so, he wasn't your quote, quote, real dad? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. So they never tried to hide that from you? No, nope. And how, how did you finally become to meet your dad? Well, my stepmom, my my dad's wife, okay, suddenly came into the picture and like wanted to make a big happy family. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I always knew my grandma, his mom, but I didn't quite understand like why she was my grandma. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was just really crazy. But yeah, so my stepmom tried to make like this big happy family happen. And there just was no bond there between him and I, nothing. Nothing. So nothing. But my stepdad, like there, we were bonded. Like he is my dad. And I think he would say the same thing about me. So that I'm his daughter. Okay. You met your dad when you were 10. Mm-hmm. Did you see him more than once? 
Yeah. I mean, like I said, I used to, he lived like a mile away from me. Okay. And I was close with his mom. Right. So when you would go to his mom's, did you see him over there or anything? Yeah, I would see him. Like she, he lived in her basement. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I would see him over there. I never called him dad. I always called him by his first name. There was just no bond there whatsoever. You just had no use for him. Nothing. No. And he, you know, was not a great person. It was probably a blessing that my mom, that he left my mom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that house over there was a complete flop drug den. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, you know, probably a blessing in disguise. (laughs) Yeah. So your stepdad was, like you said, always your dad. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And how often do you talk to him? I talk to him about probably twice a year because he lives in Northern Michigan and he doesn't have a phone. Like he's like a, like an outdoors guy, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Um, off the grid type guy. He doesn't really have a phone and stuff like that. But I talk to him probably two to three times a year, Christmas, birthdays, that type of thing. Oh, that's pretty cool that he lives off the grid and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he doesn't even have a computer or anything like that. No Facebook. No, I don't think he even has a cell phone. Does he have a landline? Yeah, he does. Okay, good. (laughs) I was going to say, he needs some type of phone for emergencies. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah, he has a landline, but, you know, he works and, you know, just, he's just real simple. And, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to go up there to go visit him because we did lose contact for a while. It's easy to do, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm trying to go up there to go visit him maybe this summer. We'll see. (laughs) Well, I hope you get a chance to. Yeah. I hope so, too. You might be bored without Facebook and all that stuff, though. <laughs> oh, geez. You'll say, can, can we ride to town so I can go <laughs> check my Facebook? Uh, Facebook is like a love-hate relationship there. <laughs> yes. Same here. Same here. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of bad. Well, I have to say, though, your Facebook group did save me because I was having some pretty like bad feelings of mm-hmm. just... Yeah, your Facebook group did <laughs> did save me. <laughs> I am so glad you told me that because I hear so many complaints about that group from people outside the group, people in the group. You know, it's off the chain. People are hateful. No, it's not hateful. Like people have to realize that we don't know what these people have gone through right. to even make that the post that they're making. Like whatever. I hate my stepdaughter or whatever it is. Right. Like we don't know what has transpired Mm -hmm. and for them to even go on and make a post like that means that they care in some way. Right. And I get it because I was there. Yes. And that's why I'm not going to not approve a post that says I hate my stepkid because that person, like you said, they're posting that and it's not easy. No, it's not easy. And they need help. It's not. They need help and everyone deserves help. I mean, there's, there's a lot of hateful step parenting groups on Facebook because I was in one and that's how I found you. And I posted something about like, what do I do about my, my stepdaughter? She walks around in a thong bikini in my backyard or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I like, I'm very conservative. I, that just wasn't something that I was okay with. And everyone bashed me and, and, oh, what do you think that you're, they were saying really awful things. I'm not going to say, but I can guess already. Yeah, yeah. Like very, very awful stuff. And it was just uncalled for. And someone in that 
chat said, you have to go join the Nacho Kids group. And I did. I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not a perfect group. We're not perfect people. Nobody's perfect. And I know there is a lot of non-Nacho advice in there. We try to correct that when we see it. We also know that there's people that don't want help. They just want to vent. Right. And we know that there are some people that are so hurt that you could tell them good morning and they're going to cuss you out. Yeah, that's true. And we are, we are quick to ban people from the group. You know, if somebody comes cussing at you and we see it, then by God, you're gone. Uh huh. You don't treat people like that, but it's okay to disagree, but you're not going to sit there and call somebody names. Right. And I don't really see, I mean, honestly, out of all the Facebook groups that I'm in, I, that yours is like probably the least, (laughs) the least drama, one of the least drama, you know? Oh, I'm so glad. Well, I mean, because like I said, I'm in a lot of parenting groups and those are like a, (laughs) those are like a whole drama thing right there. Cause everyone has their own ideas on how to be a perfect parent. Yeah. And (laughs) you know, the dance mom groups are just insane. (laughs) I can imagine. <laughs> so, because <laughs> mm-hmm. my daughter's a, a a dancer, so I'm in those groups. And yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, people just need to realize that every situation is different and people have probably been through a lot to get to the point to actually post something in the nacho group. <laughs> right. And you have to be careful because words hurt. Yes. And they can carry a lot of weight. Yeah. A a lot of these stepmoms are on the verge of losing it. They are. And the last thing they need is some smart aleck stepmom coming in there going, oh, you should love them like your own. You're one big happy family. Yep. Lady, you might have just pushed her over the edge. Exactly. Exactly. Because, I mean, I I would love to see statistics of mental health and step-parents, honestly, especially stepmothers. I did a poll in my Facebook group, golly, it's been every uh-huh. year now, and I wrote okay. a blog about it. And you would not believe the number of stepmoms that have had suicidal thoughts, who See? are depressed, who are on medicine for depression or anxiety. Uh huh. It's sad. It's yep. really sad. And I'll have to post a link to that article in here because I don't remember the statistics right off the top of my head. Okay. But they were high. I'm sure. I mean, it's it's a tough situation all around. I mean, yeah. There's just some people that have just such high expectations and to get let down or it, it, it feels like a letdown, I guess, when things don't go your way and it's just I don't know. It's just it's hard. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure they don't do these statistics on blended families because think about it, when you go to the doctor, it says married, divorced, whatever. It doesn't say remarried. Yeah. Or anything like that. It doesn't, right. But think about it. Someone kills themselves, right? Uh Uh-huh. I'm sure on their death certificate, it doesn't say they were a step-parent. It doesn't. Nope. So there's not a way to know how many step-parents actually commit suicide. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it's staggering. (laughs) And the same with, you know, medication. I'm getting put on anxiety medicine because life's tough or whatever. They, you know, in the doctor's notes, do they log it somewhere that, oh, they're a step parent? No. No, they don't. Nope. So I don't know any way to get real numbers other than doing polls occasionally. But 
it makes me sad. Yeah. And again, I get it because I was there, but it makes me want to take all these people, go somewhere with them for a week and tell them they're not a piece of crap and that they're normal and it's okay and teach them how to nacho. Yeah. Yep. And nacho can be applied to every aspect of your life. (laughs) It can be applied at a job with because you're going to have coworkers there that you're not going to like mm-hmm. or want to deal with. I yep. mean, it can be applied pretty much everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. And I think, and I'm a stay-at-home mom now, but I was in the mental health field. I think that more therapists and stuff should use nacho principles, honestly. Yeah. Because it's scary when you see somebody say, oh, my therapist said I should just love them more. Yeah, no, that's not true. Yeah, you're blaming this woman for not loving the stepkids enough Mm -hmm. when their stepkids try to put Visine in their coffee to kill them. Yeah, and it happens. It does. (laughs) I mean, and then you have, a lot of times you have a a high-conflict bio-parent in in the stepkid's ear. Mm -hmm. You know, I see that in the group all the time. Yep. Or or I've seen it in real life, too. You have a high-conflict bio-parent in the kid's ear hates the stepmom or stepdad for no reason, mm-hmm. just other than you're with their ex-partner. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, you have that to deal with too, because, you know, there's like a loyalty bond there and the kids are going to do whatever their parent says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you've got parental alienation. Yes, that's another thing. I don't have a lot of experience with that, but, you know. I actually read in a Facebook group yesterday, it made me very sad that, the lady said, well, I'm no longer a stepmom. They won. My husband committed suicide. <gasps> oh, no. See? Yeah. Apparently, the bio mom was doing the bashing dad, parental alienation stuff. The stepkids were falling in suit because they didn't know any better. Yeah. You know, they're pumped all this crap from mom. It's like uh-huh. I said before, you've got to be careful what you feed your mind. Yeah. And these kids don't have a choice. And it broke my heart for her. And again, yeah, terrible. it's not documented. Okay, this guy committed suicide because he had mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they should know it was because of parental alienation. Maybe they should keep up with this stuff to help the court systems be more strict when a parent is alienating the kid from the other parent. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, they they definitely need to keep up on the alienation thing. Like I said, I don't have firsthand experience with it, but I have some friends that have had very manipulative exes mm-hmm. that have alienated children. And it's just terrible. It's, it is it's terrible because they're letting their ego and their narcissism or whatever get in the way of the child because the child's the one that's going to suffer in the long run. You're right. And the child could actually turn on that parent in the future. Yeah. yeah. I mean, once, I mean, a lot of them do once they find out what has actually happened and all the lies and manipulation they've been fed. Right. And they so, get to know their bio parent that's been bashed for so long and like, wait a minute, I don't see this evil person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then when you're alienating a child, like I said, your ego and narcissism gets in the way. And I feel like, they like these people that do that are it, it's it's almost like child abuse it it, it is it, it is child yeah, abuse it is you're right honestly mm-hmm. i don't know yep you're but right i'm sure that your 
you know, parenting with the ego and narcissism as well. Yes. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it is, I definitely consider it a form of child abuse. It, it is definitely. It's like mental, mental abuse, highest form. Yep. Now there, again, let me clarify because some people will say, oh, you're saying that I should send my kid to his dad's house when he's shooting up heroin. No. Yeah. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. Just because you don't like dad is no reason not to send your kid there. Yeah, exactly. It, it, a lot of times it's because they were, they're hurt by the the breakup and the the parent getting with a new partner and, mm-hmm. you know, they can't get over the fact that they lost the partner. That's where most of that comes from, I think. Right. I agree. Or there's jealousy. Jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's hard. <sighs> it is. <laughs> well, Jody, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. And I know You're welcome. that this is going to help so many people. Well, I hope so. <laughs> well, keep in touch and let us know how things go. Yeah, well, I, I float around in the Facebook group a lot. So I sit in the dance parking lot and read the post and, you know, try to comment sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. I try to comment sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks again. Yeah, you're welcome. One of the things that Jody said was hard for her was trying to get her husband to put his foot down about what was allowed in the home. You know, it's got to be hard enough as a parent to have a child that gets addicted to drugs. Hmm. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to help them. You're afraid if you give them money, they'll use it to shoot up. You're afraid that if you don't put a roof over their head, they'll get killed out in the wilderness or whatever. And then you've got your significant other, which is this child's step-parent. And they're saying, oh, no, you need to practice tough love. They ain't going to get better till they hit rock bottom. Kick them out. Let them live on the street. Blah, 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 blah. Don't say that to your significant other. They need to figure out what they feel they should do. God forbid they listen to the step parent. They kick their kid out and then their kid ODs that night. Or their kid gets hit by a train crossing train tracks at 3 o'clock in the morning. Whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Don't make your significant other ever choose between his kids and you. Yeah, because you might not like the choice that's made. Yep. All right, that's all I got to say, Dave. <laughs> all now right. That we, now that we're through with this sad interview, <laughs> do I have a joke or something that we can end it up with? <laughs> Apparently, I am the joke. So You are the joke. All right. <laughs> well, then. well, think of something funny, David. Oh, wait. Guess what, y'all? While you're listening to this, we're in Texas. Yeehaw! <laughs> oh, wow, we are. That's right. Yep. We're hanging out with the Laura Pethbridge, the Melanie Anthony, the Heidi Farrell, the Charlene Roberts. All them folks. Lori McGregor, Summer Butler. Again, didn't mention any of their significant others. <laughs> and their significant others. Oh, there it is. Just lump us all together. Which are Stephen Pethbridge. Steve Roberts, David Sims, oh, Andy Butler, Tim Farrell, Kirk McGregor, and Steve Anthony. Good job. Woo. 
Three Steves. I was going to say a lot of Steves in there. Yeah. Especially since that was your ex. That's funny. Nobody needs to know that. <laughs> you could have left that part out. David, what is wrong with you today? You just keep talking and keep talking. And then all of a sudden you're like, I ain't telling you nothing about the Academy. <laughs> all right. I'm done with you, David. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> All right, folks, join us next week when uh, we'll figure out if Lori can not be so depressing. (gasps) (laughs) Remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.